Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Our story essentially is uh, I was struggling with watching porn for about 15 years and started when I was in high school, seemed very innocent, very in control, and then slowly just started, you know, becoming a daily thing. It became more and more extreme. And I would always just tell myself, when I meet that right person, I'm going to be done. And so I met Becca and I knew she was the woman I wanted to marry. And I said, before we get married, I'm done with this thing. And I said, three months before we get married, I'm done. Then it was two months before we get married, I'm done. One month before we get married, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, it's the night before a wedding and I'm watching porn. That's Manny. He's been married to his wife, Becca, since 2017. As you just heard him say, he was addicted to porn for a long time. But he thought that when he met the right woman, it was just going to disappear. That's not what happened. The two of them struggled with Manny's porn addiction and the negative effects it had on their marriage for years. But they eventually made it out the other side. As always, we should probably start at the beginning of their love story. We were actually set up by my sister and her fiance, now husband. Um, They said, hey, I think you guys would be great. You know, we both had just gotten out of dating people a couple months ago. This was back in college. We were, I was 20. Manny was, uh, how old are you? 22. And so they're like, yeah, let's uh, go on a double date. And so we went out to Top Golf, and uh, yeah, pretty much after our date, we started hanging out every single day. We lived like a quarter mile away from each other near the university, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too too long before we got engaged. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we were going to classes with each other. We were spending every single moment. I just said, this is absolutely the woman that I want to marry. And I knew that about six months into dating her and proposed on Christmas. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful love story. And so, you know, full circle with that, I had always told myself, once I find that perfect person, then I'm done with porn. And when I couldn't quit, I realized it's not about Becca. Becca's not the issue. She is beautiful. She is amazing. She is incredible. She's so much more than I ever could ask for. And so for all the women who are listening, you are not the problem. You are not the issue. And 
it was hard trying to explain to Becca because I'm going, Becca, I love you. I care about you. You know, you are just this absolutely incredible human I want to spend the rest of my life with, but I just can't seem to stop this thing, even though you are able to provide me, uh, you know, sex and all these amazing things. And I'm just sorry. So you're watching porn. You're clearly addicted to porn. What? Oh, I don't, yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, well, what kind of porn were you watching? But, you know, was it on your phone? Just tell me a little bit. Was it, was it just all the time? Well, I think when you don't have control anymore of if you can stop or not, that's when you know you're addicted. And so it wasn't necessarily, I've, I've worked with people now where, you know, they're five times a day. For me, it was, you know, I can't stop for more than two or three days at the most. And I would have other things like drinking or smoking or overeating where I could stop drinking for six months at a time. I could stop smoking for years at a time. But the one thing that I just absolutely could not kick was porn. And so it was a daily thing that I was uh, going and, and looking up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you're in love. You you don't want to do this anymore, but you can't seem to stop. And did you did you know about it? Did you have any idea that this was happening? Um, I really didn't. I think in our premarital counseling, he mentioned it briefly, but it was kind of like, oh, that's in the past. And I was like, oh, okay, me too. Me too. I I had that struggle for a little bit. But I I did not realize that it was still a current issue when we got married. No. Okay. Okay. So you had also watched porn in the past. Just briefly for like, a, I would say, a few months in college when it seemed like every guy I was dating ever, I would find porn on their computers. And then I was like, okay, well, why don't I give this thing a go? Because it seems like everybody else is watching this. And so when I was super lonely and depressed, yeah, I watched it for a little bit. And then once I met Manny, I was like, okay, no, absolutely. I don't need this anymore. So that's, that was my experience with it. Great. Great. And so Manny, what happens next? You, you, you want to quit. You can't, how, how do you do this? Yeah. So the night before the wedding, watch porn, still remember the scene that I watched. And when we got married, beautiful wedding. There was no question in my mind. She was the woman I wanted to be with. But when we went to the honeymoon suite, I was having erectile dysfunction because I had been watching so much porn and I wasn't even able to have sex with my beautiful bride on our wedding night. And it was a huge, huge blow. And I actually knew in my heart, I said, I have to tell her it's not her. It's me. It's this problem that I have. And so I told her that night, I said, hey, this is a problem that I have. And I'm so sorry. It's not you. But in that moment, I didn't say I wanted to quit and I need help. And really what we did in the next stage is we just kind of slid things under the rug for really about the next three years. Would you say that's right, Becca? Yeah, yeah. It was um, a few years of sweeping it under the rug because, you know, this comes out the night that you get married. It's like, this is not how I imagined this night going at all. I dreamt about this for a long time. So then... To feel like, okay, I'm not pretty enough for my husband to want me to be able to have sex with me is uh, very devastating. And it took a long time uh, working through things. And it really wasn't until after he gave up the porn that our sex life really finally got on track fully because, you know, it was always in the back of my mind, like, is he watching porn? I mean, I told him, like, go fix it. But 
I don't know if he actually stopped or not. Right, right. And so when he explained this to you, what did you say back? Because, yeah, that has to be a kick in the face. And I, I will I will say that I did not consummate my marriage on, on our wedding night because I had many, many cocktails at our at our <laughs> wedding and and went to sleep very early. So it was an it was a next next morning consummation for me. But I wanna know, yeah. yeah, how did you how did you how'd you respond? Well, I I was trying to be as understanding as I could because you know, it's like, I understand the draw. I understand why people get hooked on it. I'm like, I, I get that. It's not like I have no understanding whatsoever. But I also, at that time, I just didn't realize how big of an issue it was for people because I was like, okay, well, when we started dating, I just stopped. Why can't you just stop, you know? And why'd you keep this going? And why'd you wait until now to tell me. So I feel like I was as understanding as I could be. But yeah, it was like, I'm experiencing this huge life shift of, you know, we're getting married, we're blending our lives. And now it's like, we're dealing with the porn addiction on our honeymoon. And this is just not what I imagined. So I feel like I was just shoving a lot of the emotions underneath and just trying to really ignore it in those right, beginning right. stages. Yeah. And Manny, you were a young guy. So ED was kind of surprising. It's not like you're an old dude who's like popping some Viagra. It was very surprising. And in my times when I was leading up to the wedding, you know, when I was in my young 20s before I'd ever met Becca, I was starting to experience ED very quickly after I had been watching porn and I was just assumed, uh, it must just be some mistake. Yeah. You know that, you know what? They're the problem. It can't be me. You know, I, I, it's gotta be something else. And so I always just said, it's not the porn. It's not the porn. It's not the porn. And that was the little, you know, porn devil on my shoulder, just whispering that lie into my ear. And really it wasn't until, um, early on in COVID, you know, when I just kind of hit my breaking point where I just said, you know what? Enough is enough where, we had a night where we're watching TV. Uh, I had a couple bottles of wine, a weed gummy, and I'm planning on what I'm going to go jerk off to. And Becca, in so many words, says, you know, do you want to go have sex? And I begrudgingly go to the bedroom with her, try to get things going, having ED, struggling, struggling. And then eventually I just say, you know what, Becca, you're the problem. You're the issue. You're the reason for all this going on. It's not me. It's you. And she's bawling her eyes out. I slam the door behind me. I, I go to the other room and I just fall down on the couch. I put my hands on my head and I just said, God, I need help. I have a huge problem and I can't do this thing on my own. What do I need to do? And in that time, I just felt the Lord's presence just put on my heart, say, go talk to Becca and ask for that help. And that was the absolute last thing in the world that Manny wanted to do. It terrified him but he knew it's what he needed to do. And so he got up, he walked out of the room, and he talked to his wife. When I just said, Becca, I'm sorry. You know, I have a huge problem. I can't beat this thing on my own. And I need your help to overcome this. And will you be there to help me through this? And to my surprise, Becca said, okay. And she was there wow. for me. And 
that was a big, big moment for me. And just having that support helped me through it. But I'll let Becca kind of share her perspective of that whole situation because I know that's a lot. I think that's a great moment for for us to take a quick break, you know, where you where you say, hey, God, I got I got this porn addiction. Help me. And and you go to Becca to see see what she's going to say after you said this really crappy thing to her. And we'll we're going to get to that when we get back. Hey, guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. We're back. So Manny realizes that they can't go on like this, that their marriage can't go on like this, and that he can't go on like this. His porn addiction is ruining both of their lives. He asks for help, and he believes that God told him You've got to go talk to your wife. Now, I did want to ask Manny one thing. It's a big deal for God to talk to you, for God to tell you what to do. And I wanted to know a little bit more about what his relationship with God and religion was like before this moment. I was, you know, personally on my end, um, Christian school, you know, many points in my life had a great relationship with Jesus. But my relationship with Jesus at this point was, you know what, God, I thank you for helping me in the past. I thank you for, you know, these wise teachings, but I don't really need you anymore. I'm actually the God of the universe because what had happened in my life is we became millionaires when we were 27 or 28. We we're just making tons of money. Um, I Wait, had you, and Becca, you and Becca did? Yeah, we were actually the top oh, wow. realtors in the assisted living space. And we were making all types of money, going on all types of, you know, crazy, beautiful European vacations. Um, I was smoking and drinking a lot. And I'm just like, you know what, God, I don't really need you anymore because I'm so powerful. Like nothing can hurt me at this point. So thank you so much. Um, but I'm good. And really, that was my relationship was not, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I hate you or something like that. It was just, no, I don't need you anymore. And thanks for helping me out along the way. But at that point, when I broke down, I just said, you know what, God, I need to stop saying that I'm the God of this universe and just put my, you know, uh, heart in your hands and just say, you know what, God, you are the one who's in control. You are the God uh, that I need to be serving, not the other way around. And that was a big turning point for me and my faith. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. So, Becca, what what was your response? And what what Manny said to you was 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 pretty crappy saying hey this is your fault that that I'm not performing in the bedroom I don't know how I would respond to that <laughs> yeah um it was a really hard night 
yes. But just filling in the gap of, you know, the first three years of our marriage, um, Manny would have blow-ups all the time. Like, it was outwardly, you know, like he was saying, oh, everything's going so great for us, you know, financially, and we've got all the Instagram pictures. Like, life is great. But at home, he was constantly paranoid and would just look for reasons to kind of get upset. And I think in the back of my mind, I knew that this was still such a big issue. I just didn't want it to be. Like, I was so hesitant to have this be a part of my story and our story that I was like, I don't want to touch this. That night when he blew up at me, it was like, okay, yeah, like we have these blowups and it was a really bad one. And I felt um, super, super crappy, you know, after hearing all those things. But when he came back in... And he was like, hey, this is still, this is still very much a problem for me. I honestly felt some relief at that because I was like, yes, I think I've known that this is a problem for you. And so thank you for like bringing this to me. Like, I want to get this resolved. But at the same time, you know, I'm pissed that he's been doing this for years And it's hard not to let your mind just run around to the craziest imaginations of what he's been looking up and, you know, go down that rabbit hole mentally of just like, why am I not good enough? Why, why did he want to go do these things? And it took a lot of time and educating myself on this issue before that got immensely better. But I think ultimately I was just like, I want to be there for you. And I want this problem to go away. And yeah, those first few weeks sucked. They were terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. But yeah. I yeah. tell me, tell me about them. How how did they suck? Um. Well, I just remember that first night I was looking for help anywhere online. I was just like, okay, how how to help my spouse through a porn addiction? Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to magically solve this issue. Um, And everywhere I turned online was just so depressing. And it was like, your husband is 300% more likely to be cheating on you. And, you know, you're basically headed for divorce. There's, it was just so hopeless on there that I just felt, I, sorry, I always get emotional, but I just fell to the ground and I was like, I... I refuse for this to be like the end for us. One thing that really depressed Becca is that she couldn't find any good resources or information about what they should do to fix this. Going online was essentially a quagmire, but they were committed to trying to figure something out. First, they started putting apps on Manny's phone to try to lock it down so that he actually couldn't access porn. And oops, we forgot about these ones. So you came to me two weeks later, like, oh, yeah, well, I was watching porn again on this one, this device that we didn't secure or whatever. And it's like, that's a blow to the heart, you know. But the whole time, I think just having this purpose of going, hey, I know that God can redeem any story. And this 
qualifies us uniquely to be able to help other people going through this exact same situation is really what carried me through all those um, really dark times of just struggling with my own thoughts and insecurities. And really, it wasn't until we started um, creating our course for our nonprofit, Team Vulnerable, where we learned all of the statistics and just how many people are struggling with this, that it was so, um, it helped so much for me mentally to just know definitively, like, I'm not alone. And this issue, it's nothing about me. Um, There's nothing wrong with me or someone who their spouse is struggling with porn. This is a complete uh, different beast, different animal. And it's like, it doesn't say anything about me. So after a while, I started being able to, you know, affirm myself and just go like, I am beautiful. I am desirable. I am exactly what God created me to be. And um, this porn out there is just, it's just gripping so many minds and entrapping them in this um, rabbit hole of just, oh, one more video, one more video, and then it'll be enough. Then I'll be fulfilled. And there's just no fulfillment at the end of that tunnel until you just focus on having that intimacy with your spouse. Um, You really can't feel that true fulfillment sexually, I believe. So anyways, rambling there. Yeah. So what, so what kind of plan did you put in place to beat this? What, what did you, what did you actually do? Yeah. Well, our first step was locking down all of the devices in the house. So, um, for us, we use Covenant Eyes. There's lots of different softwares, but that's what we found um, kind of had the best reviews and liked it that it sent accountability reports to me. So just that's kind of the first step because, you know, if someone's struggling with alcoholism, you're obviously going to get rid of all the alcohol in the house. And when it's just so easily available, you know, you need to get rid of it. So that was step one. And it took us a while to figure out that we needed some other steps in place because you do have to get rid of everything so that the mind can start rewiring and have a chance to not be triggered and have it so readily available. But then I'll let Manny share kind of the next steps that went into the process. Yeah, yeah, Manny, I want to I want to hear about this from from your perspective. You guys, you're now committed to doing this together. But what was it like to try to implement this? Yeah, well, for those 15 years, I constantly had a feeling of I can't stop doing this because it's just impossible without anyone's help. And if I asked someone for help, then I would just be shunned, and no one would love me, no one would care about me, and you know, I just, it's essentially um, social suicide is what I'd be committing. And so when I had that moment with Becca, that one moment of strength and vulnerability and asked for that help, that's when everything started to change. And it wasn't overnight, magically I'm better. Now there's no problems. It took some time. It took some effort. So like she said, the first thing was covenant eyes and that helped immensely. Um, I can still go get yeah, well, and, if- yeah, and, 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 and explain, explain to our, our listeners what that is. Yeah, so Covenant Eyes is a terrific, terrific software. I have it on all of my devices. And essentially, 
And by the way, I didn't become the expert in Covenant Eyes because I don't want to know how it works. I just want to know that there's somebody watching me and that if I go somewhere I'm not supposed to, someone else gets sent a report. So essentially what it is, is it's a monitoring software that's tracking what websites you're going to. It's making sure that if you're looking at things that might be pornographic, that might be inappropriate, it's sending those specifically over to that accountability partner. And it's just saying, hey, they went to XYZ website and I don't think they should be there. You might want to look into that a little bit more on your own. And what it will actually do is it'll send blurred out images. So you can't quite tell what you're seeing, but you can tell what you're seeing um, to that accountability partner. So what that does, just that constant eye that's watching, it makes you think twice. Like I said, I can still get porn if I want to. I can go over to the store and wear a hoodie and pay in cash and, you know, go hide in my car, find, you know, Wi-Fi at Panera or something. But that's ridiculous to me. That That's the point of where I go, what am I doing here? And that's the whole point of that software is it makes you pause and go, why am I really trying to look up porn right now? And one of the first things we found as we went through this process, we started researching everything that was on porn addiction and sexual addiction is porn is nothing but a pain reliever. And so for me, I had to go, well, what pain am I trying to heal through this you know, means of porn? And one of the mm-hmm. things that I had been pushing off for so, so long was just this really, really low self-esteem that had started when I was in probably about the first or second grade. I was bullied. I was held back. I wasn't doing well in school. And I was put on all types of ADD medications. And so I never felt like I was like anyone else. And I always felt like if I had did anything successful in my life, it was only because someone helped me get there. So I was struggling with this huge imposter syndrome. So when I'm speaking in front of huge audiences, when I'm selling these million-dollar homes, when I'm a millionaire, I'm constantly feeling like I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. Why me? And so I'm constantly pushing these feelings away with drugs, porn, alcohol, And that was my drug of choice, that specific one, porn, that I was really dealing with. So once we started to talk more and we could be vulnerable with each other, that's why our company is called Team Vulnerable, being able to open up and say, hey, uh, I have something going on right now and and I don't really know what it is. And Beck and I could talk it through and just be open with each other. Then we could start to handle the root cause of the issue instead of just resorting back to porn, which was my old uh, avenue of what I would do. So that was kind of the very first part of it. What happened, though, before we really dealt with the root cause was we got covenant eyes on the phone, and then we would deal with things like as simple as YouTube. You know, you go on YouTube, and you might not you might not be looking at hardcore porn, but you might be looking at what we call porn substitutes. And so we instituted different rules where, you know, we had a TV in one of the rooms where Becca could literally just kick down the door at any point. And if I was watching something inappropriate, I, I mean, I had to be on high alert. You got to do whatever you got to do to overcome this thing. So for me, even to this day, I have a five minute limit on my YouTube, five minute limit on my Instagram. And if I need to use it for business, I can go to her, she can unlock the app and I can go ahead and put in whatever I need to uh, at that time on the YouTube, on Instagram, different things like that. But first part is blocking the access. Second part is handling the root cause of the pain. And the third part is creating a lifestyle for freedom. So one of the things we talked about, talking to that accountability partner, that spouse, that a person that you're in a relationship, but just talking about how are you feeling? Because your problem is not porn. Yes, porn is a problem, but porn is just the secondary problem. And if you're just trying to handle that, it's never going to work. So creating that lifestyle, having someone to talk to, having a good diet, getting good sleep, because one of the biggest things that people don't realize, many times when it comes to the habitual nature of going to porn, It just comes down to HALT the BS, which is an acronym for 
I'm just hungry, angry, lonely, tired, bored, or stressed. And so if you can handle those issues, magically, you no longer have a craving to go to porn. So it's about creating a new lifestyle that supports freedom as that last and third step, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense. And I want to dig a little more into that when we get back from our from our next break. And I also want to hear how you rebuilt a good sex life. Like, Do you guys have a good sex life now? We have a terrific sex life, if I'm speaking for myself now. <laughs> and that is what we're going to dive into after a quick break. Be right back. Hey, guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter, Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Okay, when we left Manny and Becca, they were committed to rebuilding their sex life. But it wasn't going to be easy. Because Manny had been addicted to porn for so long... He still had erectile dysfunction when he was in the bedroom with Becca. So one of the things we did was just being vulnerable with each other and just going, hey, can we take things slow? Can we focus on loving each other? Can we focus on our connection, our intimacy? And that's one of the biggest things we teach is sex is about love, connection, and intimacy. And of course, making babies. But when we focus on love, connection, and intimacy, instead of, instead of just an animalistic desire, that's when we can really start to rebuild that part of our relationship. So what was so cool about it is, when it first started, it was okay, but as we got more comfortable with each other, as that love, connection, and intimacy grew over time, the sex got better and better and better. And one of the other crazy mm -hmm. things about it is our routine, if you will, in the bedroom just started to completely change from this animalistic desire, lustful nature to this is about love, connection, and intimacy with this special person in my life. And it was just so, so beautiful. I remember one time um, to be TMI, you know, it was like, I was oh, just we want all the TMI, you know? okay? <laughs> like we are, we are, we are a podcast about TMI. Well, good. But I just remember, you know, crying after uh, one of the times we were having sex and just holding her and caressing her and just going, "Wow, you know, this is so beautiful. This is what sex is about, and it's the exact opposite of what porn teaches." So I'll let Becca share her perspective as well. Yeah, from my standpoint, you know, what after healing quite a bit from. <laughs> you know, he's coming off of his porn addiction. I think my mind got so much clearer and I wasn't so worried in the back of my mind, like, what's he thinking about? He's just waiting to go jerk off in the bathroom later. Like there weren't these um, thoughts swirling around in my head anymore, making me have a hard time um, be as present and just enjoy it as much. So 
that was so helpful. And then just opening the door to more vulnerability about our sexual preferences as we overcame this. Like we didn't have that many conversations in the beginning of like, oh, I, I like this. I, I don't like that. Hey, can we talk about what happened here? You know, like actually, because, you know, I feel like in movies or whatever, it's just so like, oh, everybody just, you just have sex and you're great at it and you know exactly what. And it's, I don't feel like that's the case. You have to really get to know someone, learn all of their preferences and how to best um, love them in that way. And so having those vulnerable conversations, those intimate conversations, just open the door for so much more sexual pleasure because we're just so connected now versus like we were in the beginning where it was, oh, don't talk about it. Just, uh, okay, we're trying to jerk off here, you know, just trying to get off. It just completely changed, like Manny was saying, the purpose of it. One of the things I do want to ask is, if you don't mind, how old are you guys? Because I do think that porn has changed so much in the past 20 years and with the internet. So I'm curious what what age you are. Yes, I'm 29 and Manny is 31. Okay, okay. I'm 43. My husband's turning 50 this year. And I think that he had much less access to porn, let's be honest, and the kinds of sex that porn shows. When I'm talking to some of my younger friends, my friends that are your age and in their 30s, they say that sex hasn't necessarily been good for them because they, they that so many men have watched porn for so long that they think mm. that the kind of sex that's in porn is good sex for women, and it usually never is. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are just crazy statistics about um, 88% of um, porn scenes are showing physical aggression. And it's like, and 49% are showing verbal aggression. And 95% of the time, women are portrayed as either being neutral towards it or enjoying it. And the, like, people get in with the vanilla stuff of like, okay, I'm just watching one man, one woman, and, you know, it seems consensual. But you go down the rabbit hole and it's like people are watching gangbangs. They're watching just absolutely crazy stuff. And at younger and younger ages too, I mean, right now, one in 10 porn users is 10 and under. Imagine being that young and that's that's what's teaching you about porn. And you just keep going further and further down watching these crazier and crazier things. and then taking that and then trying to get excited or aroused for one human who has their own wants and desires like porn. It, it's completely different arenas like watching porn and then having sex because when you're watching porn, it's just about you. You could be watching a thousand people in one go, literally, you know, most people are opening up many different tabs as they're having one one um, masturbation session on porn sites. And it's like, how can you compete with that? Well, you can't. You can't compete with that. This is a completely um, 
crazy scenario over here that isn't reality. It's not real, um, true intimacy. But when your brain is trained to um, want and crave all of those crazy things, there's, you know, the statistics of ED, like ED is higher now for men under 40 than it is for those over 40. It's, it's just absolutely destroying the brains of youth. It's, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can totally see that. And no, you can't compete because you know what? You're not, you're not a gangbang. You are not a gangbang in a box. Can't just, no, no, not at all. So you guys did make it out. You, you did make it to a place where you have a good sex life. How long did that take? Well, every day gets a little bit better, so I, I, it's <laughs> not ending right now, or you know. But I think it took us, you know, probably three, four months before it was okay. It's feeling a lot more comfortable, and I'm always speaking for myself right now. But I would say that was probably about the appropriate amount of time. Yeah, I feel like after a few months, it got exponentially better than what it was, and then. Like I mentioned before, just us not having a blueprint for all of the other pieces, like just starting with locking down the devices, but taking more time to uncover the root cause. And like, you know, a big one that Manny didn't mention earlier earlier is just dismantling this porn fantasy and all of these um, unhealthy beliefs that a lot of porn consumers think of like, oh, all porn um, actresses just love what they're doing. They're all so happy to do it. And it's like, no, ma- vast majority of them, like over 70% of them experience either physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. And then, you know, there's a whole piece of, you know, a lot of the content on there. You have no idea of knowing if someone's even of age. You know, just touching base on that, of just going down the rabbit hole. You know, we've talked to so many people where they start off vanilla and all of a sudden it's just going down and spiraling down to different things that they never could have imagined. There's a stat, 20.7% of straight men have viewed gay porn in the past six months. And so the amount of people that we talk to that are going, hey, I'm watching trans porn and I started off with, you know, a, a, a topless photo of a woman and I'm not gay. I I don't know what's going on. And, you know, society tells me this is what I should be doing and, and this is good. And so they're so confused. You got things like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Hey, women love just getting slapped around and things shoved up into their bodies in all different places and, you know, mercilessly. And so that's very, very confusing for these people. But the most popular of all sexual searches is youth online. There was a stat 400 million web searches were uh, looked into and the biggest uh, by huge margin was youth. And one of the things that's crazy is oftentimes it starts with a 25 year old who's, you know, 18, who's pretending to be 18. And then, you know, got the pigtails and the glasses and the braces. And then, hey, maybe one time it was a 17 year old, but I mean, come on. And then it's a 15, then it's 12, then it's 10. And it's, this is what we're fighting against. I mean, because this is such a sickening thing. And when I bring this to light with people that I talk to who might say to me, hey, Manny, I just watch legal teen porn. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I come back to them and I just say, okay, so you're telling me uh, if you watch uh, a 17 year or an 18 year old gangbang, you're totally fine with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's legal. It's fine. Okay, so she's 17 and 364 days years old. You'd be throwing up. You'd be like, oh, my goodness, this is terrible because she's one day younger. And 
you see their minds starting to turn and they're going, oh my goodness, this is really bad. Once you learn certain information, you know, you can't um, go back after hearing certain things or look at it the same way. So after a few months, it started getting better, but it's only continued to grow our sex life um, since him quitting porn. Yeah. All of the things that Manny and Becca are doing to improve their sex life, they seem to be working. They have since had two children, you know, a, a thing that happens after people have sex. Becca is also four months pregnant with their third child. So you've been <laughs> having a lot of the sex. It works. Yeah. yeah. It works. Something's working. The bedroom, yes. it, it's working for us. <laughs> yes, it sure is, guys. Congratulations on baby three. I I like my, I love my third baby so much. She mm. is just, she is precious and she is the best of all of them. So mm. <laughs> good, good. Three is a lot. Three is a lot. So good luck <laughs> with that. One question I think a lot of our listeners might have right now is about Manny and Becca's faith. They both identify as Christian, and porn is definitely considered a sin in Christianity. I wanted to know how this was reconciled in Manny's mind. Yeah, and that's a great question. One of the things, too, because that comes up often. Are you guys Christian? Are you guys, you know, what, what do you guys, you know, I'm very passionate about my relationship with Jesus. So my apologies there. It just comes out. I can't even control it. I just got that great. Holy Spirit. One of the big things is just... Um, the greatest of the commandments, you know, love your God above uh, of, above everything. And so I'm not loving my wife. I'm not loving myself. I'm obviously not being loving towards my God by watching porn. So just apologizing to God and just saying, God, you know, help uh, cleanse my heart, help cleanse my mind and help restore this marriage was the very first part. And just giving that will to the Lord and saying, God, you be the God and let me be your servant. And that was the very, very first step. And just apologizing to the Lord, apologizing to Becca, and apologizing to myself. And then we can start to heal from there. But realizing, hey, I got a problem. And by the way, I don't care if you call yourself an addict or compulsive or whatever. If you got a problem, it's a problem. And so realizing that, admitting that fault, and then starting to work forward from there is really those first steps. If it is causing you this shame and this um, problem in your relationship, because it, it has shown to it's the second strongest indicator when couples are consuming porn that they're going to be unhappy in the relationship. So as we mentioned before, Becca was really frustrated that she couldn't find any kind of help online for Manny's porn addiction. And yes, maybe it's a little ironic to look for help in the same place where you're finding the thing that causes the problem. But after going through what they went through, Manny and Becca both wanted to try to help other people. Becca and I were at dinner, and all of a sudden, almost at the exact same time, we both said, I know exactly what God wants us to do. And we said, God wants us to help people overcome porn addictions. And that was a really cool moment, but a very, very scary moment, because I'm like, I was hoping you were going to say something like insurance, God, or a different type of real estate or, you know, something like that, you know, not be the porn people, you know, come on. Uh, yeah, no, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one, when they get asked in kindergarten what you want to be when you grow up says, we want to be the porn fixing people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first thing we did was we just read up on everything out there on porn addiction, sexual addiction, addiction in general. 
and just started really uh, implementing these things in our own lives. And that's when things got completely better to the point where I I have to think back so hard to go, wait, I was I was addicted to this. This was a problem for me. This was an issue. It just seems so weird and so foreign at this point. We've come so far that I have to think back that uh, to those points in my life. So we have courses for people who are married for them to go through together in a serious relationship. We have courses for people who are single, and we even have ones for kids for them to go through with their parents and to have them be able to have that freedom as well, too, because it's just a huge issue for the youth. It's a huge issue for this world, and we want to help as many people as we can. I love this. Tell people how they can find you, because this is something that is happening to more people than I think we know, and some of our listeners might need you. Yeah, the best way that they can find us is at teamvulnerable.com, teamvulnerable.com. And you can find us on YouTube, on Instagram. I post occasionally on TikTok, but don't be on TikTok because that's a gateway right there anyways. We're here for you. You know, this is something that we are incredibly passionate about because porn has been shown to cause ED, destroy marriages, increase rape myths. Uh, It's a training ground for sexual violence and it fuels the child sex trafficking trade. So this is an insanely important issue that needs to be dealt with. We've been able to use this terrible thing that happened to help so many other people have that marriage that they've always wanted, have that life that they've always wanted, and and just be able to flourish in this time. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.